Do you have trouble consistently coming up with content ideas? I'm Kristen of Social Scoop Podcast. And I'm Emma of the Creative Edition Podcast. And we're combining both of our experiences as full-time creators and entrepreneurs to bring you a special four-episode series on both of our shows, all about being an idea machine. The amount of content we're expected to pump out as creators and influencers is overwhelming to say the least. But there's a lot that we've learned along the way that can help you work smarter, not harder when it comes to building a consistent content strategy that works for you. So on July 4th and July 11th, you'll be able to find an episode on both of our shows, breaking down one of our proven methods for being an idea machine to give you a total of four episodes for guidance. So grab a notebook or start a new Notion doc and get ready to fall in love with creating content again. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 102 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you guys so much for all the love and support for hitting 100 episodes. It's been such an exciting ride, and I'm just so excited to continue with Social Scoop and just providing you guys with all of the scoop for creators and for anyone using social media. This week, there's actually kind of a lot going on. Um, I feel like so many things that are exciting and I'm just like very pumped for a lot of these features. Starting off the news, TikTok is actually discontinuing TikTok now. So this was kind of like their copy of Be Real where you would get that notification and you would basically like share a video or a photo or whatever it was. Um, honestly, I didn't even ever download the app or I don't even know, was it a separate app? Actually, now that I think about it, I use TikTok now in the TikTok app a couple times and I never even and downloaded be real honestly I just it's just not for me I was like this is not something I'm excited about and I apparently was not alone here because they have actually discontinued TikTok now and I'm very curious to see what this means for be real um I don't know that I've heard any of my you know fellow creators or even just friends outside of creators who are using be real um and this also makes me think about lemonade I actually this past week you guys know I got my wisdom teeth out And so I had a lot of extra time. (laughs) And so with my extra time, I actually had exhausted TikTok and Instagram and I ended up on Lemonade quite a bit. And I was actually like, wow, I really like being here. There's a lot of cool information, like a lot of good stuff that seems really valuable. Um, And so I spent a lot of time on Lemonade. And I'm actually curious to hear what you guys think. Are you using Lemonade? Are you interested in it? And you know, actually, and actually speaking of separate apps, aside from our main TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, Instagram is actually creating kind of their version of Twitter. It is a text-based social network called Threads. And we've talked about this it was actually called in the kind of like in the back end where all the coding was being done it was it was referred to as Barcelona so you may have heard us call it Barcelona when talking about it previously on social scoop but it's actually going to be called threads and it is basically their version of Twitter now I'm actually really excited about this because I am so on and off with Twitter and I feel like if I liked the interface a little bit more, then maybe I would use it more. So I'm really curious to see what this looks like. It has shown up in app stores, but you can't log in yet. Um, I'm not sure about like the details of what it will really look like or how different it's going to be from Twitter. But I'm really, really curious to see if people start to move from Twitter over to threads. So we'll have to see how that goes. This is a, something that we talked about a really long time ago when I had gotten an invite to kind of the beta 
of this feature. TikTok's creative challenge is basically this new income opportunity for creators. So previously it was just available to a small group of people, of creators, and now it is something that's actually available, um, it seems like, nationwide, worldwide, I'm not sure. So it will basically allow creators to submit video ads to, quote, brand challenges is what they call them, and get rewards based on how the video performs. So if Casefy is looking for a creator to make an ad, you can submit ads to the brand, they use them, and then based on how they perform, that's how you get paid. So you don't know how much you're going to get paid when you make this ad. That's something that is something I don't like about it. My other issue is that you are giving them ad access. And this is something we typically make a lot of money with as creators. And you're giving that to them with basically no real guarantee that you're even going to make a dollar. So basically, these challenge will have briefs that's going to kind of explain the rules and the requirements for the video. And it will give you kind of the reward pool so you can see what you could potentially make. They're hoping to create more opportunities for creators to collaborate with brands in an authentic way and give creator creators freedom over their ads. And I agree with all of these things, except when you send an ad to a brand, the biggest problem is you don't know if if you're going to get paid or how much you're going to get paid and you're giving them ad access for free. Let me tell you, probably 50% of the money I make from brand partnerships is just from ad access. So you can see how big of an income stream just allowing for paid usage or for whitelisting access is. You should not be giving this away for free in my opinion. So creative challenges, I get it. It's an income opportunity for creators and it bothers me because I know a lot of creators are going to be really excited about this, but they don't know the downside to what you're giving away for potentially free. So I'm personally not someone who will be using this. I like to have a basically like a guarantee that I'm going to make money if I'm going to work. But I think for maybe new creators who are just looking to get their foot in the door, maybe this is an opportunity that they want to take advantage of. However, keep in mind, you should not be giving away these things for free. TikTok also added a new creator monetization feature for subscribers only videos. So it was previously only available for live videos. So subscribers would be able to basically pay to access your subscriber only lives. This is what they said. Subscriber only videos are exclusive videos that only subscribers can view. The new perk encourages interactions beyond lives, enabling subscribers to like, comment, and reply to one another, helping creators foster even more meaningful connections with their community. So this is very similar to like Instagram subscriptions. It's TikTok version of subscriber-only videos. It is right now only available to creators over 18 with a minimum of 1,000 followers. I have personally not used this or subscribed to anyone else's videos, so I don't know what this looks like, Um, but I think it's pretty cool. I think it's another monetization option where you don't even have to go off the TikTok app. For me personally, because we already do have our subscriber-only content in a separate place in Social Suite on Circle is where we host, I won't be using this because I don't want to have subscriptions in multiple places, which is why I never use Instagram subscriptions to begin with. But this is a really cool option for people who are looking to get into it. This is really, really exciting. I actually had a creator who thought they could do this a while back and was like, oh man, I didn't realize that you couldn't. Now you will be able to. So you can now add up to three collaborators on Instagram feed posts and reels. So previously when you collaborated with someone, it was just you and one other person. Now you can actually add up to three collaborators 
moderators, which is awesome. So that one post will show up on all of your profiles. I love this feature, collaborators. I find myself trying to find more ways to use it uh, because I do think it's really great. But I have to say, this is a really a first world problem. My big issue with it is that when I want to collaborate with someone, I wish that I could choose my own like profile photo, like feed photo, cover photo, I guess. Because when I share it and someone else shares it, if it's a picture of me, I don't want like just a picture of me on their feed or they probably don't want that and vice versa. So I wish that you could with this feature customize the cover photo if it's a real or like customize that first photo in basically the the slideshow, the carousel, because this would make me use this feature so much more because yes, I am still one of those people who cares about what my feed looks like. Sue me. (laughs) I'm so, 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 so excited for this series with Emma here. This is a series that we worked on in June sometime and we worked so hard. We got all of our knowledge together and really tried to make this series the best it could be for you guys. So let us know if you like it, share it, tag us. We would love to see your feedback and let us know if we should do this again and if there are any specific topics that you would like to see us talk about. So without further ado, let's get into it. Sometimes generating ideas for content can be way more difficult than you think it would ever be. So I'm really, really excited about this series where Emma and I are bringing you all of these tips to help you get a little bit more comfortable with generating content ideas more consistently. Um, So before we dive into the series, I want to give Emma the opportunity to introduce herself if you don't already know her, which honestly, I would be surprised if you didn't at this point. (laughs) She's been on our podcast and I've been on hers and she's a great resource um, in the creator community. So Emma, thanks for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that like we're working together to just talk about generating content ideas. Cause I know like, this is just something that every creator, no yeah. matter if you're like a brand new influencer or you're a mature content creator, every everyone like runs into a point where they're like, I'm out of ideas. And so yeah. very excited to like jump into this, but, um, to do just a quick intro, if we haven't met yet, my name is Emma. I am a Seattle content creator and I'm also the host of the creative edition podcast. And I've also had Kristen on my podcast. And so, um, hopefully if you are tuning in from the creative edition podcast, welcome to Chris, Kristen's podcast. She shares such great info. And so, yeah, we're, I, we're both really excited to collaborate on this series. I'm so pumped. And actually, this first topic today that we're talking about is probably the method that I use the most frequently. And it's this idea of kind of using problems that maybe your audience might have to actually generate content ideas. Because obviously, as creators, we serve our audience, you know, like we want to help them out, we want to be valuable, we want to inspire them or educate them. And so thinking about the issues that they're having is actually a really great method of helping them out. And it also helps you out because you have to kind of like think less of what you should actually be posting. For sure. And I was going to say, right, I think like once you start to like flip your mindset where you're like, oh, like one way I can be of service, one way I can create valuable content is just by solving problems, right? And then realizing that like problems doesn't mean like solving world hunger. Do you know what I mean? It literally (laughs) is like, it can be as simple as being like, provide me a 20 minute recipe for dinner. You know what I mean? Like it depends on like what your niche is. And so, yeah, very excited to kind of get into today's tips about how to like 
figure out what your audience problems are, maybe even problems that you've faced in your Mm -hmm. niche, in your past, and then like using that to start to create content ideas. Yeah, it's honestly, it's like a hidden gem. I feel like it's genius. So I think the first step here is that you really do need to know your target audience outside of just their demographics. Like a lot of times when I'm working with my students, I'll be like, okay, well, who's your audience? And they're like, okay, well, let me open up my app and go to my insights. Okay. uh, We're, you know, 50% between ages 18 to 24 and 90% female. And that's all really great information to have and everything. But knowing more information about like how your target audience actually functions? Like, what do they spend their money on? What are their lifestyles like? You know, those are really important points, again, to help figure out what their problems even are. How do you usually like kind of Yeah, that out I was going to say, I can kind of take this like a little bit more business school. This is just like my background. And so <laughs> apologies if you feel like you're sitting in business school again. Um, but one of the things I like realized when in my marketing courses and then also in my master's of digital media, when you start to create your audience persona, so you do have that demographic information. When you start thinking about their interests, when you start thinking about what their favorite products are, or you start thinking about like, you know, what might they be facing in this specific life stage? I think it's really helpful to start to kind of just like create a more holistic picture of who your audience is. And so for example, um, for a while I was talking about career content when I was like trying to figure out who, what my content yeah. pillars were as a creator. And it resonated with me because I was a new grad out of college. I was trying to figure out like how to navigate like a corporate career. Yeah. And so for me, I like realized I was like, oh, my friends are facing these questions too. Like, how do you find a mentor? How do right. you, you set up an informational interview? Like what does, wh- how do I dress business casual? And so like, once you start to like, again, like at the time, right? Like I would say my audience was primarily like 18 to 24, right. new grads. And then you start to like, kind of drill in like, okay, I know my audience is also, you know, starting their careers. And so these might be the questions that they yeah. might be asking. So let me create blog posts around those questions. Yeah. And one of the ways that I kind of try and figure this out a little bit more is um, with using like Answer the Public or Google. Um, Answer the Public, for those who are listening that don't know, it's it's essentially just a tool where you can kind of type in a topic and it will give you this whole little graph chart kind of thing where it will show you all kinds of questions that people on search platforms or search engines are actually asking. So for me, because I talk about mostly, you know, creator monetization, I might type influencer tips or something into my answer the public search box. And it will come up with this giant list of questions about, you know, okay, how does a creator make money? Or how do I grow my Instagram following or all of these questions that people are typing in. And sometimes the questions I find like are almost a little basic, I guess, like, they're not necessarily things I haven't already talked about 500 times. <laughs> and so I usually will take those and maybe not like copy and paste them exactly as what my post is going to be about, but I'll use them as inspiration. And it kind of like, sometimes all you need is just like a little starting point, you know, and then your brain, the wheels start turning and you're like, okay, I've got some ideas from there. But I think it's a good starting point at the very least. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't used that before, so I'm going to have to check it out. And again, like, yeah, hopefully, like with any of these tips today, right, it's like, 
it hopefully it just helps you along your journey. If it, even if it's just a starting point where you're like, oh, okay, like this one question actually led me to this other one, which led right. me to 10 more ideas. Yeah. And Google is the same. Like you can use Google in this way as well. And that's actually um, something that we're going to be talking about in week two on an episode on Emma's podcast. But using Google as a search engine there to see what questions are people are asking as well um, is a very similar option to answer the public. But finding like those almost like crowdsourcing questions, that's a great way to figure out what people are already asking. Yeah. And I was going to say, right. I one thing that really helped me like figure start to use Google and and we'll dive into this in week two is just is just like think about how your behavior is. If you're trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. bake vegan chocolate chip cookies right, like you might type that in. And yeah. so chances are if that's like related to your niche or content pillars, right, people are also asking the same questions and you can see it, you can field the different questions that people are typing into Google. Yeah. Another thing that I usually will do as well is I might think of a topic in my head and then I'll find questions that can stem from like the who, what, where, when, why, you know, like we all learn those, those words in that little category in elementary school. And if I can think of a topic and then ask myself, okay, who do I reach out to, uh, when I want a brand deal, what are the best ways to get brand deals? Where do I find a brand's email? You know, like looking at those who, what, where, when, why, and then using your topic to kind of like see how you can smush those together almost helps you like generate different ideas of questions again that people might have without you just posting a story and being like, hey, what questions do you guys have? Because, you know, sometimes you do that and no one answers them. (laughs) I actually love that you broke that down. And honestly, like I was having like flashbacks to like, (laughs) high school English class where you have to like answers the who, what, where, when, why. But the truth is like, that is like still like a valuable framework in approaching, you know, creating content because sometimes, right? Like if you think about it, so we'll give another example, right? So if you are a vegan food blogger, right? Like who, who would be your target audience? People who are probably interested in, you know, becoming vegans or maybe right. just like incorporating some vegan recipes. They might be flexitarians, you know, what, like what, what, what are they looking for? Like, are they meals? Are they snacks? Right. Are they things you can make at home or are they stuff that you can buy off the shelf? And so it's like, I actually like really love that approach. And if I were doing that exercise, I would probably just like take a piece of paper, draw like a what is that? A cloud map or spider map? You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like the the topic in the middle and all the stuff coming off just, the sides. Yeah, I literally, I hopefully you guys can envision that with me, but <laughs> I love that framework and it's, it's something you've probably already learned and now you can take it and like apply it to content creation and generating content ideas. Yeah. yeah again, I think it's a great starting point. Like I find for myself personally, if I can start somewhere and get my brain going, then it's like, okay, I'm good. But it really just takes like that jump off points, finding yourself there somehow. And this is a great way to do that. Um, Another thing that I really like to do is, and this is something that I do actively, honestly, I've probably been doing it for like a couple years at this point. Whenever I get a question from someone, like if, if I post a, you know, a post about 
contracts and, and someone leaves a question in the comments, or if I do, again, like a question box on my stories, or if I even just like get a question randomly in my DMs and it's maybe a question I haven't answered before or that I haven't heard recently. I have a whole running document on Notion of these questions and I categorize them about like, you know, contract questions, UGC questions, uh, content strategy questions. And whenever I want to go you know, figure out what I want to post that week, I can go to that Notion document and be like, oh, I haven't talked about content strategy in a little while. Let me go over to that little category that I have and pull a question that someone actually has asked me. And I think it's nice too, because it almost kind of validates that it's like not a question that I'm just like, randomly thinking of myself and assuming that people need help with like someone has actually asked me this question before. So I know that I'm at least helping one person. And typically when people have you know, someone has that one question, someone else is going to have the same one. I actually love that you do that because it's a place you can literally mine for questions. And it's a Mm -hmm. way where you're like, if you run into a creative block and you're like, I don't know what to talk about. Oh, let me just go through the questions that people have submitted before I know people are hungry for this type of information. What question resonates with me today where I can expand on it, answer it, create some content around it. I've done something similar in the past. It's been a while since I've done this, but Um, One thing I used to do like with, uh, what's it called? Like on Instagram stories, when people would submit their questions, I would take screenshots of like everyone's answers and put it in a folder. I probably should have organized it, but I literally (laughs) will just have, I have like all these screenshots of questions that people have asked throughout the years. And then that way you're like seeing what people really want. And it's funny, I I guess I did do this like at the beginning of the year. And I'm realizing now that like, I have not answered these questions and I need to. Um, One of the things, one question I've actually gotten a lot is like how to start like outsourcing as a creator, like how to start Mm. hiring, how to identify that. And it's funny. It's like literally as you were talking, I was like, I I need to make a podcast episode about this. (laughs) So I I definitely echo um, doing some sort of method or some way of like collecting questions, a place where you can visit it often. For me, again, it's just screenshots. I think Kristen's is a bit more organized. I probably (laughs) should move to that method. Um, But start with somewhere where you're like fielding and collecting, you know, what questions come through. And it's interesting too, because I use those, that little database as more than just my content strategy database. Like even when I was building my course earlier this year, I went through that whole list and I said, okay, this is what my course is going to be about. What questions that are on here can I answer in this course? And it's interesting too, because I think the perspective is really helpful sometimes because I know for me as someone who is super comfortable with the topic that I talk about. Some of the things that I assume everyone already knows are things that like maybe people don't know. And so if I can kind of go back to that list and even look for basic things that I need to include in my course, it it is like a helpful reminder that, you know, these are questions that people actually have. And that's not like necessarily information that everyone going into a course might have. So I've actually used those questions quite a bit to build a course as well. I love that. Yeah, that's a great idea too, right? So if you are a creator, an influencer, or, you know, an author or podcast speaker or whatever, right? It's like, you also are in the business of creating content. It may not just be for social media. It may be for a future course, or maybe it's a future talk. Um, I think, again, just having a place where you can 
collect and then go through those questions is like very helpful, no matter like what your objective is as a creator. Right, right. Another thing that I like to do as well, (laughs) I consider this research, we'll put a quote unquote research. Um, I like to scroll through TikTok specifically, sometimes Instagram stories is a good place for this, but TikTok, I think is kind of like a goldmine. What I'll do is I'll scroll through TikTok and I have a lot of people on my FYP who are other people similar to me, you know, content creators who are working with brands and, you know, have questions about that or sharing experiences about that. And I get so many videos on my For You page that are questions uh, that creators are asking like on their mutual friends, or maybe they are kind of making a video being like, oh, this is this experience that just happened to me. Um, I didn't know how to handle it, but like, this is what I did. Or, you know, I listen to the struggles of people that are my target audience that they're sharing publicly, again, through TikTok videos or Instagram story rants. And I, I take that as obviously, it's like great to listen to and it's entertaining. And I spend hours scrolling through everything on TikTok. But I also use that again, as research where I, I am kind of like more immersed in my target audience life, you know, like I'm hearing about their actual struggles and experiences. And then I'm like, ooh, interesting. Like, I didn't know that's something that other people struggle with. Like, let me make sure I make a video on that. It's similar to what you were saying about like the outsourcing. You know, you heard it from a lot of people that that was something they needed help with. And so you're like, huh, like maybe that is something I should make a video on. I actually love that, right? And I was going to say like, sometimes I think people think like, oh, TikTok is just like a time sack. Like I, (laughs) it's very easy. That's like a very easy thing to start to consume content passively on TikTok. But if you can go in with that intention when you're like, you know what, like today I am going to be scrolling, but this is going to be something that I'm just want to be in the lookout for. Um, I want to see like what my audience is saying about the specific topic or like what struggles they might be facing. Um, And then like seeing the conversations that might be happening in the comments, like in real time. Yeah, And then you can actually like take that content again, and then you can make a better, more informed decision about like what type of content you want to create next that um, will hopefully, right, like answer those questions or um, address those problems that people might be stating. I haven't used TikTok like that in a while. I feel like with TikTok, I feel like if I get like a question where especially like my travel content does really well, people, I I think um, it was last year, we went to the Oregon coast. And I just did like a snippet of the weekend and I didn't even like say where the places were. And someone commented, they're like, can you tell us about the places? I was like, oh, (laughs) so like I made another video showing the same exact places, different clips, but actually saying like, oh, this is the, um, what is it called? This is the, this is the aquarium. This is where the speech is. Here's the address. And it's like, so for me, I feel like that's like how I've, I've used it. Um, But I love the way that you're using it, Kristen. I'm so curious to hear too. I know this is a new feature on Instagram, but it's been around on TikTok for a while. When someone leaves a comment and you can respond to the comment with a video, do you find yourself doing that often? Like, do you use that feature? It's funny. I feel like I should use it more often. I think (laughs) one creator who does it really well and who I like, I mean, I have loved her for a very long time, Color Me Courtney on TikTok. She she is so good about going through her comments and then like, you know, she'll answer whatever 
questions come through with a video and I'm sitting there and I was like, your content strategy could just be this. And you know know that like your audience is looking for it because they're straight up submitting these questions, right? They straight up are like, like, for example, like, I feel like Color Me Courtney does such incredible projects with Disney. This is like not a plot. This is like not sponsored by Color Me Courtney. This is just me being a fan, by sure the way. It's not. Sure, it's not. <laughs> but she, I like follow her on TikTok and Instagram, yeah. but mainly on TikTok. She shows up a lot more in my feed, but she's done these like really, like, she always has such cool projects with Disney. Yeah. And so she literally, her audience will keep asking for like more previews, more sneak peeks, more, more teasers. And she's so good at like taking those comments and being like, okay, here's another teaser. Okay. Here's yeah. another preview. Um. Anyways. Yeah. So it's like, oh my God, I like love how she, literally like, that's like probably like a big part of her content strategy yeah. is like, I'm thinking and like dissecting it. Um. But that's a, that's a great way, right. To like, yeah. If you're like not sure how to get started with TikTok and like fielding content ideas, it's like, oh, like if my my audience is asking these questions, I could just respond right. with a a thing back. So Right. Like they're almost doing the work for you. <laughs> like they're doing the research for you. It's like, here, just respond to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She it's funny. Um, color me Courtney, she I don't actually know that I follow her on TikTok, but I've followed her on Instagram for years and she's just like a She's like a genius. She's a content genius. She's literally really like I, I know when I when I think about creators who have really like shown other creators how to stay true to themselves, have a yeah. super super clear point of view and mm-hmm. been able to like build a a long sustainable evolving career. I'm literally like that's her. She's I, it. I was like, "Oh my god, like she's like goals like I I remember (laughs) a few years ago I'm sorry we're a little like a little bit off topic but like um I was watching I was watching tv and then all of a sudden it's color me Courtney on a Microsoft commercial yeah I'm sitting here and I'm like what the fuck I was like like, what (laughs) is she doing here and then um yeah she's just continued to like evolve and like stay true to herself and I feel like she's been and she's been so consistent about like yeah. who she is as a creator and, and you can look at her platforms at any point and it's colorful and it's mm-hmm. I'm just like I love it I love it so anyways <laughs> check her out if you have not checked her out yet <laughs> I'm a fangirling <laughs> it's fine I'm fangirling too she really is awesome um yeah I find that for me on TikTok specifically I do use that like question response response video feature whatever it's called um on instagram i don't know i feel like when i use it it doesn't do anything good for me particularly like i don't feel like people really love those videos i don't know what it is maybe it's the aesthetics of it or whatever but i use it a lot on tiktok and i i think it does really well on tiktok because it almost like encourages more people to interact because they know that i'm going to actually reply to comments. You know what I mean? Like they know that they may possibly get an in-depth video response from me. So I think it makes them feel a little bit more comfortable or like more excited to comment and actually engage with the content, which is obviously only going to be helpful for me. So I love it. For sure. Yeah. And I was going to say, it just takes some trial and error, right? Like if you're on TikTok, you've never tried this before. If you're on Instagram, you've never tried this before. I honestly like 
think it's worth it to to test and just like see if it resonates with you, if it's something that you can incorporate with your content planning and strategy. Um, And then if it doesn't feel good, if there's no results that are yielded after a month or quarter, then at least you know you've tried it, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, Instagram and TikTok both come out with so many features and some of them I I absolutely love and some of them I'm just like, nah, tried it, didn't like it. It's fine. But that actually is one that I feel like I do use pretty consistently. Um, Another thing that I like to do um, is use, again, TikTok as a, a way to kind of figure out what problems people are asking about or are searching for. Um, I'll go in the TikTok search and I will type in whatever keyword that is like maybe a video uh, topic that I can think of. And I'll go and filter it um, as by most liked. And then I look at the comments on those videos. So when you look at most liked, typically it's also videos that have like a lot of views on them. So I know that they probably also have a lot of comments. Like they're, you know, pretty poppin' videos. And so when I go into the comments there, similar to what we were just talking about, I can look through all of the other questions that people are asking. And again, some of them are questions that I'm like, people don't know the answer to this? Okay, cool. Like I'll make a a video to it. Um, And it really is a good way to just see like a bunch of comments at once, even if maybe you're kind of starting off and you're not getting as many comments or questions directly from your audience as you would like, go look at other people's videos that talk about similar topics. That's like so smart. I've not, I've not, I mean, it's funny because I've used TikTok to see search terms, but I haven't like done that extra step to like go through people's videos and like see what comments they're um, leaving and like questions yeah. that they're asking for, but that's like such a great way to just get more, more in-depth questions mm-hmm. and get more ideas. And, and again, you know, that these are problems that people have. And if they are posting it on TikTok and asking it, it's something that people are looking for. And so right. I love that idea. It's cool too. Cause I feel like you can almost use that as a way to like get to know your audience a little bit better as well. Sometimes when I see those questions, it's not just like a direct question and that's it. A lot of the times they give kind of like a little explanation. They'll be like, I just started, you know, as a content creator. And every time a brand approaches me, I just don't know what to say. And so I think in my head, okay, so maybe this person who is a potential follower of mine is someone who is just starting out. Maybe they don't, you know, like putting into perspective, oh, they don't even know how to answer a brand email. Okay, like, again, this is something that is teaching me more about who these people are and like where they are in their career and their journey or again, whatever the niche is. And so it really does help me like learn a little bit more about them as well and like where people stand who are actually commenting on videos that might be similar to mine or following the people that might be similar to me. And I was going to say, I think just to expand on like the TikTok train, right? And I know like a lot of our examples are related specific to like content creation because we do talk and our audience (laughs) primarily, you know, our content creators and influencers. But the great news with TikTok is because the platform is designed to serve your interests and serve like what like what you want to, it's like an entertaining platform, yeah. right? It's literally, it's literally TikTok is not designed to showcase the creators with millions of followers. It's, it's, it's an interest graph. And so right. you can literally use TikTok. Like if you, if you are a plant mom or a plant daddy or whoever, however you want to identify <laughs> plant, whatever, or you're into 
dog walking or you're into like, I love that with TikTok, you literally can get so specific with the yeah. interest and then you can go down those rabbit holes and you can right. see what conversations people are having. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that because again, like with TikTok, I, 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 it's funny, like I see it on the Twitter conversations, people will be like, you guys, I just like went down the biggest gingerbread, <laughs> like um, gingerbread rabbit hole on TikTok. I was like, gingerbread, what? Like, what are you <laughs> like, talking what? about? But then it's true, right? TikTok does such mm-hmm. a great job segmenting and like serving you the interest that you want to see. So whether you want to see cats, dogs, or plants, right? Like just know that like whatever your niche is, you will be able to like use TikTok as a tool to see what people are saying, what conversations they're having, what problems they're asking on TikTok, and then like use that to your advantage, use it as a resource to help you brainstorm content for social media. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is a corner of TikTok for everyone. Like, (laughs) for literally everyone, (laughs) there is a part of TikTok that you can, like, everyone can use these tools that we've been talking about for whatever niche you are in, literally. (laughs) Yeah, I love TikTok. I, I love Instagram, too. It will always be my number one, I would say. But I do think TikTok especially recently has been like creeping very, very close to be being in comparison with Instagram for me. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's funny and I kind of had this realization this season. It's kind of off topic, kind of on topic, but I was sitting there and I, with, with this specific season on life, right. As we're recording this, I'm getting ready to like leave for maternity leave. And I probably spend Instagram is still my number one, right? Whether it's generating content. Yeah, we grew up there. Oh, (laughs) that is like, that's like a t-shirt. I grew up on Instagram. (laughs) Anyways, so anyways, but I was like looking at my analytics and stuff and I was like, I spend maybe a third of my time compared on TikTok compared on Instagram. I spend most of my time on Instagram, but yet my, my TikTok drives like triple the views. And I'm yep. just like, why am I sleeping? I do the exact app. same thing. I have this conversation with myself literally once a week. It's, and I don't know why. I It's like, I can't let Instagram be my, like, not my main priority. But it's so dumb because it just like slaps me in the face every time I use it. And I'm just like, but TikTok is so nice to me. What am I doing? Well, literally, I was like, I'm on TikTok maybe, at least right now again preparing for maternity leave ironically so I'm posting maybe like two or three videos a week but like because again because it's an interest it's an interest based like yeah. platform so like my the travel content that I create on there just continues to serve yeah the audiences who are searching for it like over and over and over and so yeah I literally was like I literally drive triple like triple the views crazy on TikTok and I'm sitting here giving my yeah. heart to Instagram. So anyway, sorry, Literally. rant over, rant over. <laughs> no, but I think that's a very relatable rant. Like I think everyone listening who has been using Instagram for a long time would a hundred percent feel the exact same way. A hundred percent. Um, Anyway, so I hope this was helpful for you guys. Um, So you guys can, if you didn't already come from Emma's show, you can pop over to Emma's show. I'll leave a link down in the show notes for you um, so that you can listen to part two of this episode where we're going to be discussing another method of becoming a content creator idea machine. 
And we will also see you guys again next week with two more episodes, with two more methods so that you can start to actually love content creation again. Because I know sometimes it's a little frustrating. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys soon.